the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. UTC Minneapolis, St. Paul. FM 107.5. K298CO Minneapolis. Intelligent Radio. With SRN News, I'm Jason Walker. Field of Republican presidential contenders about to get a lot bigger this week. Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina made it official Friday when he filed paperwork with the Federal Election Commission. He has scheduled a formal announcement on Monday at the private Baptist College where he attended. Meanwhile, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is close to formally launching his 2024 White House bid. An announcement could come on Wednesday in Miami. And there are a few more Republicans still considering whether or not to enter the race. Greg Clugston, Washington. President Biden will be meeting tomorrow with House Speaker Kevin McCarthy about averting a federal default. Leaders speaking by phone today as the president was returning home on Air Force One following the G7 summit in Japan. McCarthy says the call in his words was very productive. This is SRN News. Dennis Prager questions everything. We have judges who, without doubt in my mind, are morally indistinguishable from the judges who served Stalin in the United States of America. How does a good country produce bad people? It's a very big question. That's the riddle of our age. The Dennis Prager Show, weekdays at 11 on AM 1280. The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. Check out SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com is one of the best streaming platforms out there, and it doesn't require a monthly fee. It's SalemNow.com, executive produced by Salem Media Group. Looking at your weather forecast for your Sunday evening, low around 55 degrees tonight with clear skies throughout your evening and overnight hours. Monday has sunshine again with a high near 80 degrees. Stay tuned another full hour of the Northern Alliance Radio Network Closer Edition with Brad Carlson. Go nowhere. Portions of this program may have been pre-recorded. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T-3, 2, 1. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan. Here is the closer, Brad Carlson. AM 1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with hour number two of the broadcast. We like to call the closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take a phone call, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Just use hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for comments or questions. And if you do want to uh, check out our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page, feel free to do so. Just do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network on Facebook and give us a like or a follow if you haven't done so already. 
And again, we do have a comment section on our live stream where you can uh, leave a comment or a question or a criticism or a condemnation or a commendation. We take it all, and uh, we appreciate you tuning in. Obviously, spent the first hour covering uh, local and Minnesota politics. Want to now uh, weigh in on some national news. Obviously, the biggest news story, I mean, you wouldn't know it by the media coverage, uh, but perhaps the biggest news story this past week was the Durham investigation finally dropped. Of course, uh, Special Counsel John Durham conducted an investigation into Russiagate. And you remember the uh, Mueller investigation, which happened during Donald Trump's administration, which looked into uh, allegations of Donald Trump colluding with the Russian government in an effort to win the presidency in 2016. And, of course, when Trump scored the big upset in 2016, a lot of his detractors suggested that it was because it was from help uh, from the Russians. He was Vladimir Putin's puppet and all that sort of thing. And look, I far be it for me to, to defend Donald Trump. And many of my listeners take issue with the fact of how critical I am of Trump. And yeah, Trump wasn't, didn't exactly, um, wasn't exactly overly aggressive with Putin. And you could say treated him with kid gloves during his presidential administration. And, you know, some of the things that Trump said during the debate, like he kind of made an offhanded comment well, apparently Hillary Clinton's email server is easy to hack. Maybe the Russians should hack into that. It's, it was an irresponsible comment. He wasn't serious about it, okay? But it was still irresponsible to to say nonetheless. But all that being said, it became clear through Special Counsel Durham's report that the allegations that were brought against Trump, colluding with Russia, a lot of the evidence, it was never corroborated. So John, the crux of John Durham's report was saying this investigation that would, took, how long did that, did Mueller, did the Mueller investigation take? It seemed to me it took a couple of years, year and a half at least. I remember I was on the air when the Mueller report dropped and where he said there's no evidence of collusion of the Trump campaign colluding with Russia. And when it was ba- and it was largely based off the the Steele dossier, which was a uh, basically bought and paid for by the Clinton campaign. So, to me it, and to a lot of others, this seems to be classic projection. When Clinton talking Hillary Clinton talking about Donald Trump colluding with the Russians in order to to win an election, well, it turns out. It was the Clinton campaign in a kind of quasi colluding with the Russians in order to undermine Donald Trump's candidacy and then subsequently his presidency. Uh, Andrew McCarthy, former U.S. attorney, terrific piece at National Review, uh, talking about this, uh, basically saying, look, the FBI didn't ignore Russian intel on Hillary's Hillary Clinton's plan to smear Trump. It actually abetted the plan. Uh, Among the most troubling conclusions in special counsel John Durham's Russiagate report is that the FBI, even as it relied on Clinton campaign funded opposition research against Donald Trump that it failed to verify, ignored strongly supported intelligence that Hillary Clinton was intentionally smearing Trump as a Putin puppet. 
To my mind, Durham is being too kind. Perusing the report, I find it impossible to draw any other conclusion than that the FBI and the Obama administration more broadly did not ignore the intelligence about Clinton's strategy, but rather that the law enforcement and intelligence apparatus of the United States government knowingly abetted Clinton's implementation of the strategy. Here is what Durham recounts about American spy agencies' covert discovery in late July 2016. Their Russian counterparts had assessed that Clinton had approved a campaign plan to stir up a scandal against U.S. presidential candidate Donald Trump by tying him to Russian President Vladimir Putin and the Russians' hacking of the Democratic National Committee. One objective of this demagoguery was to distract from Clinton's own email scandal, which was far more consequential to the 2016 election than the DNC emails. Clinton was not a meaningful participant in the DNC emails. They factored into the election only as a prop to portray Trump as complicit in a Russian hacking conspiracy. Clinton and her campaign staffers scoffed in an interview by Durham's office that the Russian intelligence analysis was ridiculous and disinformation. But the analysis was obviously true, regardless of whether the Russians truly believed it or were floating it to confuse our spies. The Clinton campaign sponsored the bogus dossier prepared by former British spy Christopher Steele. It alleged that there was a well-developed conspiracy of cooperation between the Trump campaign and Russian leadership. This was a fabrication. Steele's source, Igor Igor Dechenko, never actually spoke to Sergei Millian, to whom this intelligence was attributed. Millian never made the claim. It was in the context of this non-existent conspiracy of cooperation that Steele claimed Russia had hacked the DNC emails to help Trump win the election. Through Steele, his Fusion GPS Confederates, and the campaign's lawyers Clinton's Trump-Russia collusion smear was peddled to friendly media and sympathetic government officials. With equal fervor, moreover, the Clinton campaign concocted the farcical claim that Trump had established a communications back channel with Putin through uh, servers at Alpha Bank, an important Russia financial institution. After succeeding in getting this nonsense publicized less than two months before Election Day, Clinton herself tweeted, Computer scientists have apparently uncovered a covert server linking the Trump administration to a Russia-based bank. Jake Sullivan, one of Clinton's top aides and now President Biden's national security advisor, breathlessly proclaimed that Alpha Bank could be the most direct link yet between Donald Trump and Moscow, that this secret hotline may be the key to unlocking the mystery of Trump's ties to Russia, and that we can only assume that federal authorities will now explore this direct connection between Trump and Russia as part of their existing probe into Russia's meddling in our elections. Clearly, there was a campaign strategy to frame Trump, yet uh, the Clinton campaign strategy to frame Trump, yet the most sensible interpretation of the evidence Durham has amassed is not that the FBI, in evaluating its collusion evidence, failed to weigh intercepted Russian intelligence about the strategy, It is that the FBI was well aware of Clinton's strategy, fully expected Clinton to be the next president, and helped implement the strategy, regardless of what Russian spies may or may not have thought about it. So there you have it. Uh, Just absolutely damning and a significant blow to the FBI's credibility to the point that they had any credibility remaining. 
And the fact that this wasn't an end-to-end story this past entire week uh, just shows you how wholly corrupt our media is. Our media is no longer about reporting the facts. It's all about narrative journalism now. They set up a narrative, you know, and, and Jim Garrity, uh, he he came up with this, gosh, I, I, I've cited this on multiple blog posts at my, at my, blo- at my blog, um, bradcarlson.org, where Jim Garrity, I think it was back in uh, 2015. Yeah, it was 2015. Um, he wrote about narrative journalism and where it, and the basically the definition he gives it's preconceived storylines that fit a particular agenda or political or ideological view, almost always progressive. So in this case, the narrative was Trump colluded with the Russians in order to win the election in 2016. Well, when that proved not to be true, they say, well, well, it was a bunch of Russian bots and uh, Vladimir Putin had a bunch of Russian bots post stuff on Facebook. And uh, because, uh, you know, Putin would much rather deal with Trump than he would Hillary Clinton. And, you know, to be fair, Trump, when that whole uh, Russia interfering in our 2016 election, you know, talking point was still occurring even during Trump's administration, Trump said, well, you know, I asked Vladimir Putin about it, and he denies it. Oh, well, case closed. Okay. No, thanks so much. So you can understand why people might take Trump as being a Putin puppet by saying, you know, that that basically going after him with rhetorical kid gloves. And I'm not suggesting that Trump should have punched his lights out or anything, but, you know, there 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 is a way to handle this. There's a multi-layered way to handle it, but just saying, well, I asked him about it, and he said he didn't have anything to do with it. So case closed. But really, uh, I don't think Vladimir Putin had a preferred candidate. I think he was just looking to sow chaos. Because while chaos can be sowed in our country, he can go off and kind of do his own thing under the United States nose because we're too busy infighting. And if that was if that was his strategy, I'd say it's worked pretty good. I'd say it's worked pretty well, right? Given the given the discourse, the divide that we have in in the country, you could argue it's more divided than ever. But What could help bridge that divide is if we had an honest media that just wasn't focused on narratives. And we're getting none of that. Like I say, once the once the Mueller report came out in early 2019 and it showed that there was no evidence that Trump colluded with Russia. Well, then an enterprising media nearly two years later, when presented with Hunter Biden's laptop and it shows uh, business dealings among the Biden family. And you had intelligence officials come out and say, well, that's Russian disinformation. And enterprising media would have said, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We we heard that. We've heard this storyline before where the Russians were interfering in our elections. And we proved, or at least the Mueller report indicated there was no Russia collusion. But now you're going back to that well again? What What basis are you making this claim? Because for years, the media was just basically a transcript service for the progressives and Trump colluding with Russia and, and Adam Schiff basically saying, well, any day now, any day now, any day now, we're going to we're, we're going to show we're going to have the smoking gun and we're going to show you just how Trump colluded with Russia. It's going to come out. And former intelligence officials like like John Brennan, one of the 50 signatories on this 
letter saying that the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation. John Brennan was a media star during the during the Mueller investigation. And you would think an enterprising media would say, you know what, we've we've heard this story before where Russians were interfering in our election. So you're saying they're doing it again with this laptop. We fell for this before. Okay, we're not going to fall for it again. What is your basis for making that claim? Instead, all they do is just breathlessly report, wow, these 50-plus former intelligence uh, officers signed off on this letter saying it's Russian disinformation. That's good enough for us. Okay, you report that that, you report the facts. The facts are that 50-plus intelligence officials signed off on this letter saying it's Russian disinformation. But shouldn't there be some investigation? You know, the old trust but verify? Whatever happened to that? We just aren't there anymore. And that's why trust in our institutions, and I'll talk about that in the next segment, I would dare say is probably at an all-time low. Media, government, what have you. 651-289-4488. That is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NARN show. Or check us out on uh, on the live stream at our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page. Brad Carlson, the closer, back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. From Elk River to the Congo River and Cannon Falls to Niagara Falls. We go where you go. Stream AM 1280 The Patriot at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Jim and I knew of Robbinsdale Women's Center but didn't really know them until we toured. We were astonished by the amazing facilities and the genuine love and care the staff showed each woman that walked through the doors. That tour began our partnership with Robbinsdale Women's Center. Cindy and I have witnessed RWC's fiscal stewardship of our financial gifts. Being on the board has allowed me to see the careful discernment and prayerful thought that goes into every decision at Robbinsdale Women's Center. RWC receives no government funding and is debt-free. RWC owns all their assets and is 100% donor-supported. We're amazed at the number of abortion-minded women they serve. Weekly, five women, initially at risk of aborting their pregnancies, instead choose life. Join Cindy and I in supporting Robbinsdale Women's Center. Your gift will bring hope and life. Go to rwcinfo.org and help more mothers choose life. Let's make a difference. rwcinfo.org. Mike Gallagher here. Now's the time to sign up for our trip to Israel this fall. Dennis Prager and I are headed back to the Holy Land this October. The Stand with Israel Tour. Thanks to our trusted partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours, we're going to visit amazing places in Israel that will amaze and inspire you with every step of the way. Visit StandWithIsraelTour.com to learn more about this incredible journey. In Israel, we'll explore key sites you'll never forget. We'll walk on the ancient streets of Jerusalem. We'll sail the Sea of Galilee inside replica first century boats and visit the Western Wall, a spiritual experience you won't want to miss. Our expert guides will help explain the importance of each and every site. The food and accommodations are precisely designed with you in mind. No other trip will be like the Stand with Israel tour. Sign up today to travel with Dennis Prager and myself this October. Call 855-565-5519, 855-565-5519 or visit StandWithIsraelTour.com. 
The Patriot is proud to air the Pledge of Allegiance every weekday morning. If you're a veteran, current service member, or a first responder, we would like to honor your service by having you recite the pledge. If you're interested, please call us today and we'll book a time for you to visit our studios. The number is 651-289-4410. That's 651-289-4410. Then join us for the pledge each weekday morning at 730. In your car, at home, and on the job. AM radio has more than 80 million listeners each month. For more than a century, AM radio has evolved to meet the needs of our community. Visit wearebroadcasters.com and tell us how you depend on AM. Wearebroadcasters.com. Welcome back. AM 12 the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks always for tuning in. There is a house in New Orleans. 651-289-4488. That is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for comments or questions. And don't forget to check out our live stream at our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page where you can leave a comment or question there as well. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, Again, our major institutions, this is not a good place to be in our republic when uh, what what are supposed to be nonpartisan institutions like our, I don't know, federal law enforcement and federal health departments have proven to be anything but. Uh, Eric Erickson, writing at his uh, Substack page, uh, talks about this uh, very thing. Uh, to be sure, no about and this is in regards to the Durham report, by the way. To be sure, no law breaking occurred. Durham is not choosing to prosecute or recommend anyone for prosecution. Though no laws were broken, trust has been breached. Yet again, the Federal Bureau of Investigation has been shamed for its terrible handling of information and investigations. The Justice Department and FBI need to be cleaned up. Likewise, we now know a lot of Democrat, a lot of the Democrat congressmen on television were lying about information. They were fed falsehoods from the state and regurgitated them without basis on television. The entirety of the bureaucracy not. Uh, not just picked a partisan side, but then weaponized their powers to undermine a president. We live in a nation where people no longer trust the CDC, the FDA, the FBI, the CIA, etc. And yes, some of that is because of bad actors and misinformation. But now we know some of those bad actors and misinformation were from inside the House and not just on COVID. And uh, by the way, I endorse this next uh, paragraph that Eric conveys. I do not believe the 2020 election was stolen, but I understand the people who think it was. And when you realize just how hard members of the FBI worked to bring down a presidential campaign in 2016, you can understand why people would be skeptical of the 2020 election. In the past, the press would seize on this and do a massive investigatory push on air for reforms and house cleaning. After all, They were lied to, too. But in this partisan age, I'd be surprised if we get much outrage or calls for reform outside the GOP. After all, it is clear now the FBI has picked the same team as much of the press corps and the rest of us are at their mercy. And he's exactly right. You know, I've said 
here that there were irregularities in the 2020 election. I've at least acknowledged that. But to say that five or six states were outright stolen from Trump is complete bullpucky. It it just didn't happen. That being said, I understand why people who thought the 2020 election was stolen feel the deck is stacked against it because, you know, it is. Uh, (laughs) But also that they would if we had an honest media again who would do its job and report facts and do an investigative background check and lay out their reporting here is what we found regarding the allegations of the 2020 election being stolen you know people might take that at face value but the media can't be trusted anymore and again they've proven themselves untrustworthy because they very clearly pick sides I mean, we saw this with the uh, uh, you, you've been hearing about the story in New York City, this pregnant woman who had a who rented a bike, but it's being spun as she was trying to take it. Take this bike from some black guys, even though she's providing literal receipts that, hey, no, I rented this bike. And these guys were trying to take it from me, but the media spun it as some as call, basically calling her a Karen. I mean, that's, I mean, that just cripples a, a white lady day when you call a white lady a Karen, you know? And the media spun it as just her being an out-of-control Karen. Well, now she's produced the literal receipts, and there are some media outlets that are now inevitably having to back off, and there will be lawyers. There are lawyers, as a matter of fact. Hello, Nick Sandman. Does anybody remember Nick Sandman? Covington Catholic School? Okay where he's reached out of court settlements with multiple media outlets for basically saying he instigated a riot on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial and badgered a an elderly Native American man. But instead, if you saw the full context of the video, no, it wasn't that way. The Native American man actually confronted him, and this poor kid who was, what, 16 or 17, just stood there smiling as kind of a defense mechanism. But the way the media spun it, Nick Sandman was a villain, and he got some out-of-court settlements. So, again, when you have a media with this kind of reputation that is actively taking sides, any investigative reporting that they might do, say, in the 2020 election and allegations of it being stolen are no longer going to be trusted because they've proven they can't be trusted. And, again, this is not a good place to be in our republic. And then, of course, you have... The uh, issue down in Florida, Eric Erickson wrote about this again, uh, cited a New York Times piece in March. Disney called Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida anti-business for his scorched earth attempt to tighten oversight of the company's theme park resort near Orlando. Last month, when Disney sued the governor and his allies for what it called a targeted campaign of government retaliation, the company made clear that 17 billion dollars in planned investment in Walt Disney World was on the line. So you read that excerpt of the New York Times story, you think, man, Ron DeSantis filing this lawsuit against Disney and Disney threatening to pull up business, kind of like what what, what the Mayo Clinic in Rochester did here. If there was some sort of a, a healthcare legislation that passed, and I forget the exact context of the legislation, but uh, the Mayo Clinic said, well, that's not feasible for our business. And if you do that, you know, there's a billion or two dollars of investment that we're not going to be willing to make in the state. 
And so the uh, governor and the DFL, legislative DFL, you know, made a Mayo Clinic exception. You know, they basically kowtowed big business. Well, here, Ron DeSantis, the, the insinuation here is Disney World is going to forego $17 billion in investment for Ron DeSantis' policies. And people are saying, how can Ron DeSantis care so little about his state? That's going to cost people a lot of jobs and, and, a, lot of, and a lot of revenue that could, be cost, that could be purchased in the state. But if you scroll all the way down in the New York Times story, all of a sudden you read, well, the Lake Nona campus, about 20 miles from Disney World near the Orlando International Airport, has been championed by Bob Chappick, who served as Disney's chief executive from 2020 until he was four, fired last year. Uh, Bob, Mr. Iger, who came out of retirement to retake Disney's reins, was much less enthusiastic about the project, even before the company became mired in its battle with Mr. DeSantis. Skip ahead, Mr. Iger has been systematically reversing Mr. Chappick's decision. In February, for instance, he announced that Disney would restructure its inner workings, ending a framework put in place by Mr. Chappick. In March, as part of wide-ranging layoffs, whoa, wait, wait, what? What? Layoffs, you say? Mr. Iger shut down a 50-person metaverse project that Mr. Chappick had started. Disney is also in the midst of cutting $5.5 billion in costs as it seeks to improve profitability, pay down debt, and restore its dividend. So what does that have to do with Ron DeSantis? Sounds to me like this is, oh, I don't know, a business decision? Bottom line decision? But yet, somehow, they invoke Ron DeSantis in the lawsuit Disney has filed against Ron DeSantis and citing him as anti-business as the reason they're pulling up stakes and not going to go through with a $17 billion planned investment. So which is it? They were planning a $17 billion investment? But then later on, they're saying, well, we need to cut costs and you know pay dividends and pay down debt, so we need to cut costs to the tune of $5.5 billion. So you see what see what's going on here. This is this is this is narrative driven media, and because Ron DeSantis is likely to announce he's running for president this week, um, they're kind of getting out ahead of this. So narrative driven media, narrative journalism—that's where we're at apparently these days. Six five one two eight nine four four eight eight is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NARN Show or check us out at our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page. Brad Carlson back in mere moments. Go nowhere. Dr. Gorka here, and I want to talk to you for a minute about the 100% drug-free relief factor. We all deal with aches and pains in our day-to-day lives, and I have had my fair share, including injuries like a detached quad muscle that, I can tell you, fell into the category of really bad pain. But I've been able to manage the pain by taking relief factor. It helps your own body to attack and fight off sources of inflammation, the source of most of our aches and pains, and I've loved it for years now. Almost 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it worked for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick starter pack for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com, call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. How does the baby move in your tummy? How does the baby eat? Can the baby hear me? 
did the baby get in there? Wow, a pregnancy can sure generate a lot of questions. But what's important is that a baby is a baby, inside and out of the womb. Not just after birth, but nine months before at conception. That's right, every baby is a miracle. Hello, my name is Marianne Kuharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives or assistance or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org or better yet, simply dial pound 250 on your cell phone and say the keyword pro-life. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Have you filed for disability benefits but were denied by the Social Security Administration? Or do you need to apply and are overwhelmed with paperwork? Are you between the ages of 50 and 63 and can no longer work because of an illness or injury? Thousands of hardworking Americans are in your situation. They file for disability benefits and are unnecessarily denied their much-needed benefit check. Call now for a no-obligation, free evaluation. We can help you nearly double your chances of approval and get your benefit checks faster. We understand the physical, emotional, and financial impact. We'll share our insider expertise and help you get your disability claim filed and paid immediately. There is a time limit to apply, so call right now. Operators are standing by to help you. 800-296-1553. 800-296-1553. That's 800-296-1553. Welcome back, AM 12 the Patriot. You are my reason to live. Northern Alliance Radio Network. It's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks for tuning in. You make me shine. And again, here to take your phone call, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag N-A-R-N show. And check out our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page for uh, any comments, questions, commendations or condemnations yeah we'll take it all just uh, feel free to uh, drop us a line here i do want to weigh in on the uh, john morant situation uh john morant uh for those of you who may not know he's an nba star plays for the memphis grizzlies i think it was back in march he was uh, on the road in denver yeah, his team memphis was playing the denver nuggets and while he was out at, i think he was out at a strip club uh it was either himself or someone he was along with had their phone and they turned on Instagram Live. It was John Morant's own Instagram Live. And he was in the strip club and he started waving a handgun. And that was beyond the pale for the NBA. Uh, he had a sit down with Commissioner Adam Silver. And Silver decided to suspend him for eight games for that conduct, and John Morant said he learned his lesson. He saw the error of his ways. He, I think he even went to some sort of rehab facility down in Florida, what have you. And, you know, I, I thought that was a little over the top for waving a gun since guns aren't illegal. I'm sure a, a, a progressive organization, and I do use progressive in scare quotes, progressive organization like the NBA wishes they were illegal, but they're not. But I also understood that, hey, waving a handgun in a public place like that, probably not a good idea. It's one thing to be a lawful gun owner, which I don't know if John Morant is or is not. 
That'd be another issue if indeed he's not. But let's just say for the sake of argument, you know, he goes through all of the proper protocols that you and I go through in order to obtain a gun. It's still not a good idea, even if you have a gun on your person, to make it known you have a gun on your person. I mean, again, there are some states where open carry is legal. And while I I don't have an issue with that per se, even if it were legal, it's not something I would engage in. Because guess what? If you have a spree killer and he walks into an establishment and he wants to be sure that he can commit the maximum number of atrocities, Who's the first person he's going to take out? Well, the person who's open carrying because he knows that person has a firearm and could probably stop the atrocities if he were not neutralized. So I bring all that up to say that uh, there were a a couple of individuals weighing in on this uh, particular issue this past week that I want to piggyback off their comments. Uh, Spencer, if we have this ready, this is cut number one. Uh, J.J. Reddick, he's one of many talking heads on ESPN. He was a uh, graduate of Duke, played at uh, Duke University, also played in the NBA for multiple teams. Don't remember which teams he played for. But uh, J.J. Reddick was on, I believe, Stephen A. Smith's program, First Take, and here's what he had to say about the John Morant situation. Cut number one. Again, we can go into the backstory of the incident with uh, the teenager, Jaws, claiming self-defense that the teenager threw the ball in his face. Uh, we can go into the incident at the mall when he yelled at his security guard. We can go into the incident uh, with the uh, Indiana Pacers traveling party. As far as we know, all of these things have been investigated and no law has been broken. I'm not condoning the behavior. I'm not saying there should be no punishment. There should be. There should be consequences. You are the face of the league. You are representing the NBA. You are a role model to young kids. All of that, I don't think half a season is the right answer. And the last point I want to make, because you bring this up, the, the, the guns on social media, we talk about consequences. Look, in our country right now, gun culture is pervasive. It's pervasive. We've got mass shooting after mass shooting, and nobody's doing a damn thing about it. Wrong. So I get why we're so sensitive to this right now. But there's no consequence for Greg Abbott telling his constituents that they should go buy more guns, and then we have mass shooting after mass shooting in Texas, there's no consequence for an elected Tennessee official to send out a Christmas card holding AR-15s with his young family, and then there's a shooting in his very district. There's no consequences to that. So why are we, why are we trying to lay down the hammer on a 23-year-old who didn't break a law? Explain that to me. Uh, Noah Rothman, who writes for National Review, and he used to write for commentary, he had a quote about four or five years ago that has really stuck with me, and it's very apropos here. Being very passionate is not a substitute for cogency. J.J. Reddick, very passionate there, but his argument's incoherent. Let's start with Greg Abbott, governor of Texas tells his constituents to buy more guns. I don't I don't remember him saying that, but let's 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 I'll just grant that he said it. There's nothing wrong with legally owning a gun. And in Texas, yeah, I dare say that half the population of of all the adults who are legally allowed to own guns, I would say someone said that 50% of anybody who is 
eligible to own a gun does own a gun in Texas. That's a big number, right? So, but there's no consequences for Greg Abbott telling his citizens to buy more guns. Is Greg Abbott telling citizens to buy guns and then wave them on social media? Is he, it's almost like he's insinuating, hey, go buy more guns. And hey, if there happens to be a mass shooting, well, I guess that's uh, that's the price we pay for freedom. I mean, that's almost the argument he's making here. And you want to cite the, the shooting at a Texas mall. Well, a Texas, this mall, private business bans guns on the premises. So literally the only one, people who were following the law were law-abiding gun owners by not carrying their guns because they say, well, they ban guns here, so I'm either not going to shop there or people who want to go there say, well, I'm going to obey the law and not carry my gun. So the fact that he's trying to tie legal gun ownership to mass shootings is a red herring. It's nonsense, and it's a fall. Another, and it's also a false equivalency. Greg Abbott should be punished for telling his citizens to exercise their constitutional right. And again, nobody, nobody should. And I will argue with anybody that suggests John Morant should see jail time. I don't think he should. Was he reckless? Yeah, absolutely, he was reckless. With his gun, because he was waving a gun in an enclosed space, and I'll get to that in a little bit. Also, he's referring to the Tennessee official. Uh, when this Tennessee congressman, whose name escapes me, he represents the district where the Nashville Covenant shooting took place. When this congressman was a mayor, I believe he posed with a Christmas card with his family holding guns. Again, legal activity. Nobody was harmed. And yet, somehow, that led a shooter, whose manifesto we've yet to see, by the way, because, oh, I don't know, it might puncture a few progressive narratives if we did see it. That somehow led to a shooting in the district. I mean, it's these typical red herrings that these gun grabbers put forth. Uh, I would think Duke University would have rights to, to would have grounds to sue J.J. Reddick if he ever mentioned he was an alma mater of that for that stupid, moronic, idiotic argument he made there. Again, passion is no substitute for cogency. I don't think his passion was fake, but... He didn't make a very coherent argument at all, which most gun grabbers do not. Uh, kind of switching gears here, uh, Maj Ture, he's the founder of Black Guns Matter. I have a tremendous amount of respect for what Maj Ture does. He goes, he's a Philadelphia native. He goes into this inner city in Philadelphia uh, and teaches the citizens there who want to find out about it uh, the the rights to own a gun and. Uh, de-escalation tactics and self-defense and everything else. He is putting his money where his mouth is and going into these dangerous areas, teaching people about self-defense. And while Maj isn't solely responsible for this, one of the largest demographics of new gun owners are black Americans, which, as I like to always point out, we hear these progressives, particularly the shrill hags on The View, say, well, if black people start buying guns, that's when Republicans are going to make the push for gun control. Hasn't happened because we keep, and by the way, another lie, J.J. J. J. Reddick spewed, well, all these mass shootings, we're not doing a damn thing. Yeah, we are. There are plenty of Republican and pro-gun rights individuals giving policy proposals, but because none of them involve banning guns, you gun grabbers don't want to hear it. 
So you can miss me with that crap about, well, we're not doing a damn thing about it. Yeah, well, well, we're trying to, but it's you people who want to make the guns disappear that aren't listening to reason. So you want to have that argument? Bring on, you know, the, the ESPN doesn't have the guts to bring on a pro-gun individual. Because, again, ESPN, largely left-wing organization, would puncture their narratives. <clears throat> anyway, I digress. So Maj is mostly spot on here, but there's one uh, excerpt in particular that I take issue with. So Maj Ture, founder of Black Guns Matter, cut number two. NBA and Adam Silver and a lot of owners are being the most contradictory beings in the universe right now. John Moran is exercising his appreciation for firearms. Granted, I do think he should get training, but he's expressing that his human right as constitutionally protected by the Constitution as an American. And it's an uproar. Never mind that this is the same NBA that has one majority African-American owner. This is the same NBA that does tons of business with China, does tons of business with Nike, and China and Nike have no problem uh, utilizing slave labor or child labor and the suicides associated with it. But they're going to attempt, Adam Silver, the NBA, these fake faux outrage individuals, will attempt because a young man is exercising on his own time his association, expression, and appreciation for firearms, somehow he's the bad guy. Man, we got to expose the contradiction to the maximum degree. All right. Uh, the one, <clears throat> it's mostly spot on. The one area where I quibble with is he just says, well, he's just exercising his appreciation for firearms. Look, multiple things can be true. You can be a pro gun advocate, staunch Second Amendment a- activist. And everything else. But it's also okay to decry when somebody is not using their firearms properly. And to to Maj's credit, he did indicate, I wish uh, Ja would get a little more training with his firearm. And I'm assuming he's referring to he's driving his car and starts waving his firearm on social media. This was another incident of his of waving a firearm on social media. Second incident. And Adam Silver, given his comments, it almost like he... You know, he says, you know, I suspended him for eight games and Adam Silver was indicating he was insinuating that he felt betrayed by John Morant because I was given assurances that he learned his lesson. Apparently he hasn't. So, look, uh, waving a firearm, particularly if it's loaded in an enclosed space like a car, that's just disaster waiting to happen. Okay, and I, as a gun owner, if I'm carrying I I don't show it unless I'm going to use it, okay? And I pray to God I, I never have to be in a situation where I have to take it out, okay? That's what all gun owners are taught when they're first, you know, applying to, you know, going through the training to get their permit to carry, is you you, you just don't show it unless you're absolutely going to use it, unless you're under, under a lethal threat. You better make dang sure that you're trying to neutralize a lethal threat. Because, you know, as Mitch says on this broadcast quite a bit, uh, you're going to get a prosecuting attorney who is going to be in a nice, luxurious conference room pouring over this case and trying to determine if they can prosecute someone for a gun crime. For the, and that person's claiming, well, I use my gun in self-defense. Okay? It's one thing to be in a nice, you know, uh, climate-controlled conference room pouring over this case. It's another thing where you have to make a split-second decision thinking your life is in danger. But I guarantee this, uh, riding in a car with your buddy who turns on Instagram Live and you pull out your gun, it can't happen. 
can't happen. And I agree with Maj's assertion also that the N- NBA massive hypocrites on this. You know, they they indulging in human, uh, or they're I shouldn't say indulging, but quasi endorsing human rights abuses because they're doing all this business with China, and of course Nike has a big partnership with the NBA and uses slave labor, child labor. And yet they're focusing all this outrage on a guy who likely has a right to own that gun. Now, I don't know if he's, you know, if if indeed, depending upon where this took place, he could have been violating actual gun laws. Who's to say? But let's just say he was in a state and he's gone through all of the proper channels to own a gun and and have a firearm. Still, waving around a gun in an enclosed space, not a good idea. And this may not be the best analogy, but, you know, but the best I can come up with is, look, if you're out about in the town and let's say you just get drunk out of your mind and you say some objectionable things on social media and the NBA decides to suspend a player for doing that, people are going to scream First Amendment, right? Well, that's not a First Amendment issue because the government's not coming at you for screaming obscenities on Instagram Live, just like they're not coming after John Morant because, you know, he has a he has a legal handgun, assuming we're assuming he has he's uh, able to legally own that handgun, legally possess that handgun. OK, but the NBA and a lot of players, they have these things, and Shaquille O'Neal pointed that out on inside the NBA the other night, these things called morality clauses, where if you violate certain morality clauses, and, you know, it could be pretty open-ended and pretty wide uh, perspective of what those are, we're going to act accordingly. And if we don't think you're being a good ambassador to our league, we're going to act accordingly, whether it's waving a firearm in Instagram Live or if you get totally bombed out of your mind at a nightclub, too many drinks, and you say something objectionable, could be anything on social media. Again, these aren't First and Second Amendment violations, but they're violations of the morality clause that you have with this entity, the NBA. And I get it. I agree with Maj Trey 100%. The NBA doesn't really have a, a lot of moral high ground on this issue because of their business dealings with a country that engages in human rights abuses. But I also think it shouldn't preclude them from enforcing whatever morality clause there might be. So, again, people that want to conflate this with a Second Amendment issue, uh, I think you're missing the overall point. Even those of us who are staunchly pro-gun, again, can't emphasize enough, there has to be a very disciplined and responsible way to handle your firearm because disaster could happen if you're just being all flippant with it, particularly broadcasting into millions on social media. Brad Carlson, the closer, coming up with one final segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. AM 1280, The Patriot. From Zambroda to Zambia and Detroit Lakes to some lake in Detroit, we're where you are. Find Intelligent Talk anytime by streaming AM 1280, The Patriot at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. It takes teamwork to stay safe on Minnesota roads during the winter. You can help. When you see snowplows at work, slow down. Slower speeds can save lives. Don't crowd the plow and leave plenty of space between yourself and other vehicles. Keep your headlights on to see and be seen. 
avoid distractions, and always stay alert behind the wheel. This message brought to you by the Minnesota Department of Transportation, the Minnesota Broadcasters Association, and this station. C.S. Lewis once said, education without values seems to make man a more clever devil. A Christian education is the solution to this problem and can be yours for half price for your child's first year. TwinCitiesTuitions.com and area schools are working together to make this a reality for families just like yours. Now you can equip your child with the knowledge and moral foundation needed for them to make an impact in today's world. To see the full list of participating half-off tuition institutions, go to TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. The vast majority of women who come to Robbinsdale Women's Center feel overwhelmed, hopeless, and think abortion is their only way out of an unplanned or unwanted pregnancy. Hi, I'm Victoria, one of the patient advocates at Robbinsdale Women's Center. We provide information in a compassionate and non-judgmental way. We are a woman's best initial step as she processes her pregnancy options. Through counseling and ultrasound, many of these women realize that abortion is not their only option. For the moms and dads that choose life, Robbinsdale Women's Center provides parenting programs to help prepare them. On average, five women each week that are initially considering or being coerced to choose abortion instead choose life. This work is very challenging, but the rewards are life-changing. Your donations to RWC will help make more miraculous life decisions possible. Visit rwcinfo.org to donate. That's rwcinfo.org. Hi, it's Keith Hittner Sr. here. Tune in on Sundays at noon for your real estate chalk talk where we study the science of buying and selling real estate and the art of living in your home. Get the solid real estate facts you need from Keith Hittner Sr. and Keith Hittner Jr. of Colwell Banker Burnett and their team of experts. Tune in to Real Estate Chalk Talk on AM 1280 The Patriot every Sunday at 12 noon. Brought to you by the Hittner Group, the number one Colwell Banker Group in the nation. Online at hittnergroup.com. And tune in to Real Estate Chalk Talk every Sunday at 12 noon on AM 1280 The Patriot. Hard water harms your pipes, causes clothes to fade faster, and your skin to be dry. Protect yourself with a wet technology water softener from Commerce Water. Commerce will give you $400 for your old softener and haul it away. Go to Commerce.com, Commerce Water, that's Commerce.com. Hey, welcome back. AM 1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. One final segment on the broadcast, very short segment. Hey, don't forget to tune into our various Northern Alliance Radio Network programs. As I alluded to earlier, every Saturday from 9 to 11 on our sister station, AM 1440, The Biz. It's the King Banyan Show, your finest show on economics in the entire country. Yeah, I went there. King Banyan Show, Saturdays, 9 to 11, again, on AM 1440, The Biz. And then Jack Tomzak and Mitch Berg on Saturdays on these very airways, AM 1280, The Patriot. Mitch Berg is the headliner edition of the NAR, and he's on Saturdays 1 to 3, followed immediately by Jack Tomzak, the new guy. And when I say new guy, he's going on two years now. Jack's on 3 to 5 Saturdays. And it is me, Brad Carlson, Sundays. 1 to 3 p.m. on these very airwaves, AM 1280, The Patriot. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Uh, by the way, it was uh, Memorial Day weekend. or uh, No, it was, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, it was 12 years ago today that I officially accepted my role uh, with the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Yeah, it was uh, May 21, dis, uh, 2011. And I know that because we were celebrating my wife's birthday that day. 
Yeah. So happy birthday to the fetching Mrs. Carlson uh, for a nice segue there. So, yeah, it was my wife's birthday that I officially accepted to be part of the Northern Alliance Radio Network 12 years ago today. And my first show uh, was a couple weekends later. So it wasn't Memorial Day weekend, but the following weekend. So I guess that would be June 4th, I guess. I was initially on Saturdays for one hour after Mitch Berg and Ed Morrissey, who was the team for the headliner edition of the Narn. So, yeah, 12 years strong. So that means, yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate that. I wasn't going for the applause, but you know what? I won't turn it down. That is for certain. Yeah, 12 years of the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Like I say, uh, we will be celebrating 20 years come March 2024. So I've officially been part of the Northern Alliance Radio Network for the majority of its tenure. Okay, 12 of the 19 years, I guess you could say. So honored to be here, honored to be behind this microphone each and every Sunday. And, yeah, next Sunday is, of course, the Sunday before Memorial Day. I am planning on a live broadcast, so I will be in studio. If you all got plans for Memorial Day weekend, the long weekend, I certainly understand. I uh, hope you can listen in to the uh, live or the pot, uh, broadcast via the podcast on our AM1280 The Patriot Facebook page. Just go to AM1280 The Patriot, click on podcast, and find any of our programs there. And uh, we hope you'll tune in. So, folks, as always, I've enjoyed it. Thank you for your continued support over low these 12 years. Godspeed, my friends. Have yourselves a blessed week. Closing time. Turn all of the lights on over every boy and every girl. Turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. The new Salem News Channel, the greatest collection of conservative minds, all in one place. Home to the people you trust. Dennis Prager, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Refreshingly honest, always unfiltered. Streaming free on your TV 24-7. Intelligent analysis for intelligent people. Find what you're looking for at snc.tv. That's snc.tv. What if you could build a six-figure retirement income with almost half the money saved? You heard that right. Get a discount on your retirement, creating a six-figure income with 40% less than traditional 401ks and mutual funds. Hi, I'm Mitch Lyons, best-selling author and executive producer of a new Hollywood documentary called The Baby Boomer Dilemma. In this film, economists and Nobel Prize-winning PhDs from Wharton, MIT, and Stanford share a strange concept I call the retirement discount. It gives you more retirement income with the same dollar saved, and your money is never at risk if the market crashes. That's right. If the market crashes 30%, you lose nothing. Even people who on track have shifted money to this new strategy because it increases their retirement income or can allow them to stop working years sooner. So if you are over 50 and want a bigger, better retirement with less money, call to get a free copy of this brand new movie, 1-800-578-3535. This is a $30 value, but when you call today, you get it completely free, plus two hours of bonus behind-the-scenes footage. No credit card required. Call right now, 1-800-578-3535. That's 1-800-578-3535. Again, 1-800-578-3535. Over 50,000 police officers are assaulted on the job each year, leading to injuries and death. This is the reality they deal with when making contact with the public. Another reality is that if someone doesn't comply with a lawful order or uses force against them, police may have to use sufficient force in response to obtain compliance. Use of force is always ugly. Nobody likes it, especially police, and nobody knows how it will turn out. Spread the word. For de-escalation to work, both parties must de-escalate. And de-escalation isn't necessary if there is no escalation. Help police by not escalating. Don't attack or try to disarm an officer. Whether it's getting asked a question, getting a citation, or getting arrested, don't argue, don't resist, don't flee. 
After the encounter has been resolved is the time to address any complaints. Comply now, complain later. Keep everybody safe. This message brought to you by the National Police Association. To learn more about how to help law enforcement accomplish its goals, visit nationalpolice.org. Chances are she's listening to you right now. But Alexa has a lot of competition. Google Nest or Amazon Echo are two of the best. All you have to do is turn it on and tell it to listen to what you want. This radio station, of course. When she hears our name, we start playing. Remember, it's as simple as this. Alexa, play the Patriot Minneapolis. That's play the Patriot Minneapolis. Intelligent Radio. We are AM 1280. The Patriot. AM 1280, The Patriot is... Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.